At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 betting podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checo is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Mike, this is the right. But the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst, Mikhail Miranda, and betting expert, Ben Wilson. Hey, everybody, we are back. Happy 4th of July weekend. Whenever you are listening to us on this, we are recording late on July the 3rd. Mikhail Miranda is here. I'm Ben Wilson. Mikhail, it seems like, as always, is frustrated about something, but I actually think he has reason to be frustrated this time around. Pretty good betting week for you, Mikhail, at the Red Bull ring. Another race wraps up. More dominance for Max Verstappen. Wins going away. 2-1 and one for you on the race bets themselves, and... Max was the story, because he's been the story every week, but maybe the real story was a guy you bet on, Lando Norris. How about the McLaren? Those upgrades starting to look pretty damn good, Mikhail. Uh, they are looking pretty good. Also, Lando Norris does really well in Austria, so I, I was always high on him, going to be looking forward. Uh, I wasn't as high him to be in the top six, but I know he's going to be in the points, so it's nice whoever got the top six over there really got some nice good plus money valuation there. Uh, but yeah, frustration all through the FIA. What are they doing? Why can't they get their shit together? I'm sorry, but this is one of those days where I'm going to be like, what the actual hell are you doing? You see drivers coming out of 10-9, going into 10-10, going over the white line. Make Track limits on the curbs. Why is it still the white line? Max Verstappen, David Coulthard were on there like, you know what? Just keep it between the lines. They're like, But you can't. These cars are going through high speed. You're asking drivers to lift and coast through turn nine. Why? Just because you want to keep it in between the lines. No, let's race. So you're trying to push this machinery to the limits. Trying to push the driver to the limits. So push the damn thing to the limits. Like, why are you trying? Then we had Lando Norris getting on the radio like, uh, track limits, Lewis Hamilton, 10-10, track limits, track limits. And we saw they were just dishing out five-second penalties. It's like they had 
the bag of them. You're like, you know what? Let's give it to everyone. It, it was just so frustrating to see that. Uh, it took away some of the racing, some of the challenging. Uh, the order changed, obviously. So that was also, it was very disappointing to see that, honestly. Well, you had almost the, half the field with at least five-second penalties, and it made it extremely difficult to even track as we got into the latter stages of the race. And you had post-race penalties, so from a betting perspective, that was very, very sketchy for a lot of people trying to figure out, wait, did I win a bet? Did I lose a bet? And as we've talked about before, Mikhail, it always depends on the sports book. A lot of books will, will say whatever the classification is as the race ends, that is the order. That is how bets get paid out. And a great example for what ended up happening was the, if you say to say we're to have bet a matchup, like a Lewis Hamilton versus his teammate George Russell, the two Mercedes, well, Hamilton finishes ahead of Russell, but then a sequence of time penalties, he ends up eighth behind Russell, who was in seventh. Again, it all depended on the sports book, but a lot of them, Hamilton still would have won that matchup, even though he ends up finishing behind. So that, that just created the chaos, and I, I find myself conflicted because I totally get what you're saying. It was also funny to me to see just the incessant complaining from everybody. It's like, okay, these are the rules. How about you just adjust to them? And I thought it was pretty remarkable that a guy as, as veteran, as experienced, and with as much pedigree as Lewis Hamilton just couldn't figure it out. And it, it led me to believe it was more about his frustration with the car more than anything, Mikhail, that kind of boiled over. It wasn't him just acting like an eight-year-old over the, <laughs> all the track limits going on, because that car... As Total Wolf, for those of you who watched the broadcast, literally came on the team radio and said, yeah, Lewis, we know the car sucks, which is a pretty kind of a wild thing to admit and openly say when you know everybody's going to hear you, but uh, nowhere for Mercedes to hide, certainly, and they really lacked pace ahead of a race that they have been targeting for quite some time as far as upgrades go with Silverstone next week. Uh, it's, I don't know what's going on in the Mercedes garage. They seem to be having... As undulating the trackers, it seems like as undulating their performances. They're high here, they're low there, they're high. I'm like, guys, come on. You're supposed to be eight-time world champions and you can't seem to get the design and the concept of a car right? Like, what what's going on? They're losing people now as well. Ferrari's in the same thing. But Ferrari had a very good performance this weekend. So It's the uh, best that cars looked all year. Uh, we had... Uh, Finally, Charles Leclerc finally finished in the top three uh, since, what, Azerbaijan the last time he did that? So, uh, looking at looking at that, the Ferraris are looking promising. They did have some more upgrades, and so they are looking quite nice moving forward. How nice is just um, yet to be determined. This is just one race, right? So, we just got to look at them, gauge them, but... Max Verstappen again just ran away with it. Mercedes need to get their get their shit together. The FIA need to get their shit together. It's basically just coming down to how organized and determined are you to get things working the way it should. Mikhail clearly not in a mood to be celebrating the Fourth of July holiday. He's got other issues hey, at stake right now with the FIA. coming up. I'll probably be nice and happy, especially I know you if will. we go through Maggots and Beckets and Cobbs. There's going to be a nice good sequence of turns and corners. Uh, we're going to go back to Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen with the big shunt that he had uh, in Cobbs. So um, it's going to be interesting what we're going to see. I'm waiting for the odds because we're going to have a podcast out tomorrow as well, handicapping Silverstone. But um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to celebrate Fourth of July. We're going to have a podcast. 
And we're going to look at two words. Great way to celebrate the fourth, Mikhail. Of course. The thing I can't get over, though, we talk about Ferrari and how great the car looks and Leclerc finishes P2 on the grid and his teammate Carlos Sainz ends up sixth. Sainz, who has been the much more consistent of the two so far this year, that is now a top six in all but two races of the eight we've had so far. But we heard on the team radio, Charles Leclerc, and it continues to be even under a new team principal in a Frederick Vassar, the strategy just makes no sense at times. And they were asking Leclerc to go with a three-stop strategy. And he literally just said no. And I'm going, you know what? Good for you, Charles. Your team is a bunch of idiots who have no idea how to plan a race, yet they work for one of the most iconic motor brands in the entire sport. So I look at them and say, well, as great as the car looks, I still have no trust in backing. Because I think how a lot of people would look to bet Ferrari going forward is, all right, can we trust to bet him in a double top six or bet Leclerc podium? I don't think you can. Do you agree with me on that? I am with you on that. They did a double stack under the VSC or safety guard that came out and like they did that one lap later. Carlos Sainz was on the radio like, why guys? Why are we doing this? Like they need to start thinking about where they're trying to go. What exactly are they trying to accomplish? Because they can't get their team right from the get-go. They can't get their strategy right and they can't get their car right. It's you have these three major things that need to be in perfect harmony, in perfect synchronicity that if you don't have even one of them, you're going to fall behind so far. They just got lucky that Mercedes was just nowhere in the fight and McLaren only had Landon Norris up there. If you look at the Alpines, the Alpines also only had uh, Pierre Gasly or Espan Ocon up there uh, in times. So... Uh, Ferrari got very lucky with the rest of the field, right? Uh, Aston Martin did not seem to do well here. We know that for, this is not Fernando Alonso's best track. He just can't seem to get a hold of it. That's okay. Fernando Alonso will come back at Silverstone. I am sure about this. They're getting so you aren't upgrades. panicking on the. You're not panicking on the lack of pace from Aston Martin this week. No, I'm definitely not because I know that that wasn't Fernando Alonso's track. That that's the reason that I didn't take him in the top three this weekend was because of the very pace that he lacks. So coming up, Silverstone, I think Aston Martin will be back, but F- Ferrari just got very lucky that the rest of the field could not seem to turn it on. And we should, for well, what it's worth, as much as we tend to gloss over Red Bull every week because they're just so dominant. You have to give credit where credit is due to Sergio Perez, who was sick coming in, was awful, made a big mistake once again in qualifying, was starting way back on the grid in 15th for the actual race. But then he goes out, second in the sprint race, and it's all the way up to third in the actual race. So for Checo, it seemed like a race that stabilized himself as, as far as maybe potential future positions as within that team. As we said, you and I both said we are high on Checo coming back this race. Right? He's had a bit of damp downward momentum but he's coming up and i think Silverstone will also be another nice one i think ferrari will try to look for some fighting chances here as well i know mercedes are bringing upgrades but i think ferrari do have a little good a little bit of a good car when it comes to uh a little bit on the high speed lower speed corners as well so Silverstone's got a big downfall track because of where it's located. It's located on a former uh, airfield, right? So I think we're going to see them come back. And I think Sergio Perez, now that he's, I think he's got his momentum back, he's going to be able to help propel uh, Red Bull a little bit further down in the constructor style and help 
vent off anyone that's coming to the Aston Martins, the Ferraris, and Mercedes. I think Sergio's got a big job now, and I think he's got the mentality and he's ready to do this. Now, Mercedes now three point lead over Aston Martin for second in the constructors race. The drivers' championship basically already decided Max Verstappen. Constructors already decided at least for first uh, with Red Bull. Real quick, as far as some of these mid uh, midfield to bottom field teams, Williams. Close, but not quite. That was the one bet you lost on Alex Albon, who was very much in the fight for the points, finishes 11th. Logan Sargent looked like his best race as a Williams driver as the rookie, 13th. And that's a car and a team that is about to go to their home race in Silverstone, have not had much success, only picking up a smattering of points, seven total, just on Alex Albon's car across a couple of different races this year. But how close do you believe they are with some of the upgrades they've made to actually breaking through and being more of a consistent contender for, say, a ninth or 10th place finish a week in, week out, when you consider how they are good plus money every single week to finish in the points. I, I think that Haas don't have uh, conversion rates, right? Uh, Alfa Romeo seems to... They had a pretty good car in the start. It's a well-balanced car, but it just didn't seem to have pace. They're down. And Alfa Tori are also down. So that's three. That's six cars right there in the back where I think Williams could fight. So if we're looking at the bottom six, you're going up to now P14. So you're looking around the area for Alpine, McLaren type area and seeing how much they're coming in the driver caliber of Alex Alvin, I think that Williams are going in the right direction. Still have a way to go to catch up to the pace of Alpine and McLaren because uh, when it comes to like high downfall setup, which we're going to be here in Silverstone, I don't think the Williams is going to do really well. So they have a ways to go with their car. But overall, compared to where they are, they're no longer back markers. I think they're in the midfield now, uh, the way that Alex Albon is driving. Logan Sargent is a rookie this season, so we can't really say that Logan has got to pull his way through. You've got to give them a year or so to get comfortable with the cars, get comfortable with the tracks, comfortable around the environment. Um, once that's done, I think we might see uh, Williams coming up a bit further. And But I think the, the next team that's probably going to run away with stuff in terms of development race, I think Alpine are ready to spend some money. I think that will come soon, maybe in the winter break. So uh, I think we got to keep an eye on Alpine to see where they finish because the most important thing as we approach uh, halfway through the season is teams will now have to redo their CFD testing, which is basically taking their car and running through simulations in the wind tunnels that the FIA allow. Aston Martin was seventh last season, so they have been bumped up to around third. So they lose close to 28, 30% off their CFD uh, running running time. And if uh, teams keep looking around this, right, so we're going to see that Aston Martin going in the right direction. I think Williams might start losing theirs as well since they're getting more points up here. So we have to pay attention to all this stuff and Alpine are in the nice, good, perfect range, the same as they were last year. So they're not really losing or gaining anything, but they have money to spend. So they're going to be looking at areas to improve their car. And we might see some upgrades coming pretty soon, the next couple of races for sure. And Alpine just sort of on an island right now. I mean, there's nobody as far as the constructors' standings. I mean, they're over 100 points behind Ferrari. They're pretty comfortably still ahead of the McLaren. I just wonder from McLaren, we've seen how great 
Uh, Lando Norris has looked in the new upgraded car, but interestingly enough, they've only upgraded one of the two so far. And Oscar Piastri has continued to struggle with three straight finishes outside the points. Any idea when that is going to happen, when both of those cars will be integrated? Because you could make a case, if that were to happen, that McLaren would have a real shot to potentially nick fifth place from Alpine. I'm pretty sure, actually, that this race, uh, Oscar Piastri was in the upgraded McLaren. The both really? of the cars I saw I heard them on the broadcast saying, well, <laughs> you have one car with the upgrades, one without it. So Maybe I they had new upgrades. Uh, I need to go and check that. But if the car of Oscar Piastri did not have the upgrades... Uh, that is concerning. Cause that Again, that's just, for, that's just what I took away from the broadcast. It, it made it sound like Norris had a much, a, a much different car, at least upgrade-wise, than his teammate Piastri did, which I, I just found confusing and a little bit baffling. Yeah, if that's the reason, because this upgrade was there before in Canada, right? So if, if Piastri did not have it for this race, that is very concerning to me because that means they don't have the money to develop. Piastri's car is going to be much slower so that McLaren will be in this position where they can't take the fight to Alpine and will rely heavily on Norris and either Esteban or Pierre to be out of the points to start fighting now right and they're going to ask for Norris to be way above he has to be shooting for P5 P6 while Esteban and Pierre shoot for PA P9 they're going to be asking and demanding a lot of Landon Norris. So it's going to be, if this is what's going on, then they have to look at how they're spending money because somewhere they're spending too much money not being able to develop the second driver. Interesting thing to just keep an eye on going forward. We'll talk about that more as we get into our Silverstone preview tomorrow. Uh, he is Mikhail Miranda. Give him a follow at Mikhail Miranda B. We will be back for another episode as we preview everything to come in Silverstone. What a fun week this will be, I know, for you, Mikhail. You love a good Silverstone race, so be sure to give us a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button if you don't and have not done so already. We would appreciate a little rating you can give here. If you take a second to pause your podcast, leave us a, a comment as well if there's anything else you would like us to hit on that we have not been throughout these podcasts, but I can tell the giddiness in your voice, Mikhail. Right now, it's a little bit of anger toward the FIA, but it's quickly going to flip. So you and I both watching Wimbledon right now. We'll be watching Silverstone. Big week in the UK coming up. All right. He's Mikhail. I'm Ben. We'll catch you next time. Another episode still to come this week. It is the Silverstone Grand Prix. We will be ready to go here later on as we continue on the VSIN Formula One betting podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.